1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision.
0: There have been some significant movements developing around the world and throughout Western nations, one that's really gained traction this year. Some angry people pulling down statues, not all just statues, they're trying to pull down governments, trying to pull down economies. Trying to pull down parental authority, sexual norms. It's called cultural Marxism and it looks different to the ethics of Christianity that have undergirded the formation of modern Western nations. Well, after the disturbing images of black American man, George Floyd, under the knee of that Minnesota police officer, the protests, the riots and vandalism of historic statues have spread around the world. The Black Lives Matter movement operates under the banner of fighting against racism. But in the pulling down of historic statues, there seems to be a process that has advanced to the displacing of those historic heroes with another set of heroes. And one of the most glaring of the hypocrisies of the Black Lives Matter movement is its self-proclaimed Marxist foundation that has come to light in the light of Black Lives Matter who've proudly declared their motive to overthrow the US President Donald Trump. Well, we're going to be talking through issues about Marxism today and we're going to be talking about our Christianity in the mix. Our special guest today is Professor Augusto Zimmerman, one of Australia's brightest legal minds with discussion about Marxism and a contrast to Christian values. Professor Augusto Zimmerman is Head of Law at Sheridan College in Perth and Professor of Law Adjunct at the University of Notre Dame, Australia, the Sydney campus. He's president of the Western Australian Legal Theory Association, a former law reform commissioner with the Law Reform Commission of Western Australia. Augusto Zimmerman, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Augusto, I imagine that some listening to our conversation today might be saying, what has Christianity got to do uh, with talking about the philosophy of Marxism? And uh, some people would have thought that, well, Karl Marx has been dead for a long time. And yes, he wrote some historic style political books. But what's that got to do with the current environment? What's your response?
2: Well, look, uh, there is no doubt that uh, Marxism is not just um, a social, economic, uh, and political theory, but it is also... Uh, A dogmatic set set of values. So in many ways we can say that um, Marxism contains a form of secular theology because it is about a worldview, and a worldview that uh, explains the origins of human societies even contains a scatological approach uh, about the destiny of humankind to be achieved, of course, by means of violence. So, as I have tried to explain, even in my own book on, leg, on Western Legal Theory, there are some very strong uh, connections between Marxism and totalitarian ideologies, including uh, national socialism and fascism, because, of course, Mussolini was a Marxist. Uh, uh, he uh, had a problem with the Socialist Party in Italy because uh, he uh, wanted uh, uh, his fellow socialists to support the the Italian army in the efforts of First World War uh, and that's what caused him to uh, have to defect from the socialist party to create his own socialist movement called fascism another thing is the intrinsic roots between Marxism and modern anti-Semitism and even genocide in many ways Marx is the father of modern day genocide Uh, as a result of what I have explained in some of my papers.
0: Well, I think uh, the sorts of figures you talk about, 100 million deaths uh, as a result of uh, Marxism becoming established in those political establishments. But let's just uh, focus on this for a few moments because some listeners undoubtedly will be a little bit worried by the fact that we're talking about Marxism today, but uh, you mentioned it even in a religious light, the idea that it's a complete worldview in itself. Uh, but it has its own theory of origins it has its own idea of the end of times it is it is very much a religious view, isn't it?
2: It is and it's unfortunately one that um, is very destructive of uh, freedoms and um, in many ways uh, it contains as I mentioned its own scatology but the redeeming force to liberate humankind is the so-called uh, proletariat, But we have to take into account that this proletariat is not really leading anything. It is the so-called uh, vanguard of the proletariat that is going to lead uh, this uh, final apocalyptic confrontation between the forces of so-called good, the communists, when they are actually quite evil, but they claim to be a force for good and the so-called evil uh, capitalists. And then we are going to have the blessed millennium as soon as the um, new order is uh, established. Of course, this utopia has never been realized, and every time uh, the attempt has been made, The human costs have been uh, incredible. Uh, As you have mentioned, uh, in the 20th century alone, uh, communist Marxist oriented regimes have uh, eliminated at least 120 million people, innocent lives being. Sacrifice at the altar of this deeply uh, totalitarian ideology.
0: Just to focus on some definitions while we're in the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned the proletariat. There are some words that seem to go hand in hand when we talk about this idea of Marxism. You have the proletariat, as you say, it's like the the working class, uh, Mm -hmm. the working people, and they're seeing Mm -hmm. themselves in a struggle against the bourgeoisie, the capitalist class, the rich who they say will be needing to be brought down. And so if we bring Mm -hmm. that into the idea of what's happening, say, in the lead up to the U.S., uh, ele- presidential election later this year. Are you seeing something similar to that struggle of the proletariat that seems to be uh, moving in the US uh, to bring down the capitalist class, uh, of course with the image of Donald Trump? Is that some way that we can look at that and say there's a modern uh, a modern uh, version of what's happening in this Marxist pursuit? Uh,
2: there's no doubt that the analogy can be made. And one thing you have- To uh, consider is that um, the original Marxist approach has been replaced by uh, other forms of neo Marxist interpretation of social uh, relations in general. For instance, it's very common now uh, to replace the word proletariat with another word such as uh, women or perhaps um, the blacks or something like that, and creating a divisive environment where some groups are turned against others. And that's the old um, strategy applied by the Romans, that is the strategy of divide and conquer. What Marxism tries to, to, to do is to um, place a whole category of individuals could, who could be perhaps uh, the white uh, race, or could be perhaps men, and turn the other group against this particular one. And uh, that's why, as I have mentioned in my book, when you try to do such a thing, you demonize categories of individuals. It's funny and interesting that whereas in Christianity we have a spiritual being, being the enemy to be destroyed, what Marxism does is to actually create categories of individuals to be eliminated and treated as individuals to be be, uh, disposed uh, in this great uh, uh, conflict between the different uh, uh, classes or genders or so forth. And that's why I have mentioned that um, the inevitable result of Marxist ideology is undoubtedly a large-scale uh, genocide, even or revolution, but certainly a violent movement or process where some people are targets for destruction. And that's what happened in the Soviet Union, happened in China as well, and it will happen in every single uh, society that attempts to establish such and ideology uh,
0: we might even ask here uh, would christians be worried about the rise of a marxist movement in the west because as you say some are targeted for destruction and uh, we have the benefit of hindsight and be able to look at uh, different uh, societies over the past hundred years where marxism has taken a hold uh, is there something here for christians to be worried about augusto And
2: certainly so, because um, the ultimate outcome or the the last outcome uh, that would be the final stage of this sort of uh, process is to dispose of those who cannot be fully integrated in this uh, utopia. One thing that uh, we need to consider as well is that Marxism is not just about um, utopian society where there will be... Uh, classless individuals, but it is a society that uh, claims that law is an instrument of oppression. Uh, we know that um, it's a, the very opposite of Christianity, where God, being a liberator, uh, He creates ten commandments, and he, if we consider these laws as being uh, beneficial to the society, and according to a common law tradition, laws are an instrument of freedom, because they regulate a couple of actions that are certainly detrimental to the well-being of society as a whole, and that's why we cannot commit adultery or murder or do such things according to the Ten Commandments, even though you know that some aspects of the Ten Commandments have now been repealed by our civil authorities. But generally speaking, uh, these are negative commands saying that apart from doing those terrible things, you're actually free to do the rest. Okay. But in a Marxist reality, a law is used as an instrument of oppression. So the natural consequence of Marxism is undoubtedly an oppressive regime because it, that's inevitable. Marx never promoted democracy of human rights. He thought that be, before the advent of this uh, communist utopia, would need to have the so-called dictator dictatorship of the proletariat uh, and this is a dictatorship ruled by a small minority of individuals who would self, be self-entitled the vanguard of the proletariat.
1: Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision.
0: Legal philosopher Professor Augusto Zimmerman, our guest this hour. He is a Christian and we're talking about Marxism on the rise in the world and we'll even ask that question and you can respond to our Facebook post today saying do you think there are Marxist elements at work in Australia? 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Let's take a call or two. First of all, let's talk to Marguerite in Rockhampton. Hi Marguerite, welcome. Good
3: morning. Good morning Augusto and Neil. Good morning. Um, I'm just uh, so, it's so wonderful to hear you speak, um, Gusto, and warn of all the things that are coming. We know that everybody in the world loves Australia and especially the people who live here. We love Australia as well. Which mm-hmm. brings me back to um, think of what my mother told me about 66 years ago in Western Australia. It was known back then that four or five Aboriginal boys were taken by Russians over to Russia Mm. and my mother was always on the alert thinking that they were going to um, use that um, element or that system to take over Australia which is what we're talking about now is the communist country and um, that's been always in the back of my mind she was so um, concerned about it that she often thought, she said to me, you know, there will be a civil war in Australia. We're mm-hmm. seeing this all across the world now with um, Black Lives Matter. My motto is eternal life matters and all life matters. But
1: mm-hmm.
3: this Black Lives Matters is coming under the pretense of, you know, everybody which we all do, is, you know, look at each other and just say, you know, we're all uh, God's children. And um, this is all coming in, like you're telling us, is very interesting to me.
0: Marguerite, uh, let's get a thought or two from Augusto, and uh, perhaps from this idea, Augusto, that, uh, that the Marxist philosophy is very palatable. Uh, even to Christians who sometimes uh, look at those sorts of issues of inequality and and uh, looking for fairness and those sorts of things. Uh, what were your thoughts for Marguerite, who's sharing that story of the way that young lives can be changed as a result of uh, being exposed to those sorts of theories?
2: I think uh, her comments were excellent, I must say. And um, it's ironic that... Um We have some of these uh, people in our minorities here supporting a Marxist uh, ideology when Marx actually abhorred uh, black people in general, and he was extremely racist as an individual. That tells you a lot about the irony of embracing a Marxist ideology when you are attempting to fight what is perceived to be instances of racism, because Marx even supported imperialism for all the wrong reasons. He supported, for instance, white supremacy via the British colonization of non-white nations. So rather than thinking that these uh, colonizers could um, infuse in these nations the rule of law, individual rights and freedoms, create separation of powers and a better system of constitutional government, uh, what Marx wanted effectively was to eliminate uh, these racial groups. And um, it's very clear that he was full of hatred and bigotry against his political adversaries. And we have uh, an example that uh, I have given, even in that article that you referred to, uh, there was um, a Prussian-German social democratic activist was the leader of the Social Democrats, and uh, uh, Marx loved to call him the Jewish nigger. It was a very disparaging way to refer to this uh, uh, person, and he was uh, always using racist slurs against his political adversaries. Uh, in many ways, not only that, but he was profoundly anti Semitic. So, for a Christian to actually be a Marxist, he, this person has to be also uh, profoundly uh, anti Semitic because that is intrinsically connected with his idea of capitalism and, and why capitalism needs to be destroyed. Uh, he wrote uh, an important book called uh, The Jewish Question, where he says that the best way to eliminate Capitalism is actually to eliminate the Jewish religion entirely. There is no doubt there is a spiritual connection between what Marx did and um, and what resulted uh, from his ideology. Even because if you read some books, you know that, including written by the leading historian, uh, we know a current historian, a historian called Paul Johnson, who wrote a, a seminal book called The Intellectuals. In, in that chapter, particular chapter about Karl Marx, he refers to uh, uh, Marx's attraction to the occult, to the point that he, as a teenager, dedicated in a poem his soul to the devil and promised that he would use his ideology to destroy humanity.
0: Well, Marguerite, thank you so much for your call. I wonder whether uh, we might just reflect on a listener thought or two that's come through on our Facebook poll today and our Facebook poll is asking the question, do you think there are Marxist elements at work in Australia? Uh, One listener says of course, universities schools, storybooks propaganda, ABC News SBS News, filtered media and biased politicians are all working on that 24-7 there's someone who's been out there and uh, happily uh, going to be able to say where they think Marxist elements are are generating. Uh, What are your thoughts for that sort of comment? Well,
2: uh, that that is uh, a Marxist element uh, in any sort of uh, ideology that uh, uh, is waging war uh, on the West at this very moment. Even postmodernism can have its own roots in Marxist ideology and radical feminism as well. But what I have to say about postmodern, postmodernism and why this has a link to Marxist ideology is simply because Marx was a moral and a cultural relativist. Uh, he based the idea of human rights entirely uh, on uh, social grounds, basically saying that the values that would be appreciated by the bourgeoisie, namely, for instance, um the protection of individual rights to life, liberty, and property, were the, right, the rights derived from the social class, a social a particular social class, rather than belonging to uh, a universal category. For instance, the idea that uh, these rights would be uh, God-given and inalienable. One of the things that is very interesting about Karl Marx is that he studied law uh, under Karl Savigny, who was a legal historian, and he claimed that the rights are not uh, derived from nature as the nature of things conceived by God, because that was the uh, approach taken, for instance, by the first common lawyers such as Cook, Braxton, and, and Blackstone. The same approach was taken by the American founding fathers when you read the American Declaration of Independence. It says very clearly that are endowed by God with inalienable rights. Marx believed that these rights are not inalienable. They are not given by God, but they are determined by social conditions. So rather than having these rights being considered universal, he started to create new rights. And the whole route and the whole uh, approach that these um, uh, socialists and these people take is that these rights of the group Uh, eventually can be uh, eliminating the rights of the individual so that rather than obtaining the right as a result of being a human being, an individual, your rights now are determined by the group, which is a very totalitarian approach Mm. to human rights, I must say, but very commonly
0: spread. And a powerful contrast between that Christianity that's been a part of the formation of Western nations and what is their in the socialist communist uh, idea uh, where the inalienable universal rights that can only come because we have a God in heaven who is yes. transcendent above the workings of humanity, if you disregard the God in heaven, then somebody has to make those sorts of rulings. And, of course, uh, under the socialist class, where there's a dictatorship that leads the proletariat, then you've got that dictatorship which becomes like God itself. Uh, that's another part yes. of this idea of the contrast of a Christian religious base and the idea of Marxism, because uh, there is uh, absolute uh, Relativity under a Marxist base.
2: Absolutely, and then that's when we can have the genocidal problem, the problem of genocide, because as a result of this approach, you can target groups. And rather than the person being individually responsible for what he or she might have done, because he or she belongs to the group of those who are uh, demonized, these uh, people have to be exterminated as a result, or at least uh, the ends can justify the means, and even violent means if necessary. Uh, so the consequence of Marxism is actually demonization of the opposition as retard in the long march of history. So everything you can do to make this process, uh, according to Marx, take place, is considered to be objectively valid.
0: Wow. Okay, so demonization of opposition. And, of course, if you were contrasting Christianity with the Marxism, uh, you've got Christians who would be tolerant and reformist in change mm-hmm. but Marxist who would be into elimination of those mm-hmm. who were opposition uh, a very significant mm-hmm. difference I might say hey mm-hmm. let's take some calls uh, let's be quick with these calls because uh, time is short let's hear from Joseph in Bankstown in New South Wales hello mm-hmm. Joseph welcome well Blacktown Neil thank you Neil Blacktown I'm oh, sorry Blacktown <laughs> um, yeah you. that's a real- Hello.
1: There's a real spiritual uh, element to all this. We see um, President Trump almost like an Artaxerxes-type king that is allowing uh, a lot of rebuilding and, and strengthening of Israel. We, we, we see a lot of the nations, successful nations, uh, Christian nations that are allied with Israel come under uh, attack almost from the inside, almost like a Balat to Byron Geshem, uh, intimidating and, and discouraging with false reports against uh any any rebuilding i think there's a huge spiritual basis to all this but our response as christians i think needs to be uh uh in two parts first of all we need to in response to all this because it's going to be ongoing this is a birth pain a rehearsal friend time scenario the first thing we need to stay in our word we need to keep grounded in our word and our focus on jesus christ keep attending our churches especially our small group bible studies especially we need to be sharing our faith with our friends Because our young people are being indoctrinated for our schools and universities. This is going to come in waves. It's going to be even worse for the next wave, possibly after a time of reprieve. And the second thing we can practically do as Christians is stop voting for socialists. Vote for people that are Christian conservatives, that can create jobs, and let's stop giving them a foothold in our
0: society. Good Mm -hmm. thoughts there. Your thoughts for Joseph Augusto?
2: Uh, I think think, uh, his approach is perfect, and I couldn't agree more. I agree entirely. Uh, I think also we have to be able to discern the spirits because um, the Bible is very clear about uh, those claiming to be believers and, and not uh, uh, bearing any fruit whatsoever and not being salt and light. So my recommendation to the people of Australia is that it's not good enough to claim to be a Christian. You have to actually uphold a biblical worldview. And when I was addressing Christian lawyers in Brisbane a couple of years ago, about two years ago, I was very clear to them, and I was being uh, ironic in a certain sense, but that that contains an an important element of truth, that God doesn't need more Christian lawyers. What God needs is lawyers upholding a biblical worldview, and this biblical worldview is the key to understand the origins of our own legal system, as I have explained in my book, Christian Foundations of the Common Law, is because uh, the Bible contains certain elements of veracity uh, as related to uh, the law itself and the law of God being placed as the higher law, and intrinsically connected with what is mentioned in the Galatians book, the the letter of of Paul to the Galatians, that the law of the Lord is a liberating law, is a law of liberty. On the basis of this element, we now know that the um, constitutional foundations of the West is based on this particular approach that uh, we have to limit the power of the state and separate the powers of the state so that you don't have what the Bible also refers to, concentration of powers corrupting the character of rulers every time we have concentration of powers we can have potentially oppression in place and that's why you have to be very careful about preserving liberty and the price of liberty is always eternal vigilance
0: Joseph from Blacktown in New South Wales. Thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Let's take another call. Carl is in Portland in Victoria. Hi, Carl. Welcome.
1: Hello, mate. How you going?
0: Good. Carl, what are your thoughts?
1: Um, yeah, I just wanted to uh, ask the, the guy this question. To me, it seems like that these movements that we're seeing in society now it's being empowered by the lack of equality in the society or the perceived lack of equality. Does he believe that if the capitalist system was more equal and it brought up the people that unfortunately are left behind, that that would take a lot of the recruiting methods that these um, movements have and these
2: organisations take advantage of?
0: Good question, Carl. Your thoughts, Augusto?
2: Well, there is no doubt that um, equality before the law is a very important thing in order to uh, allow the individual to prosper. And certainly, uh, we will never see such equality taking place in these uh, Marxist regimes where we have the totality of the population at the mercy of a small minority. So if the idea is to have equality, the last thing you need to do is to embrace uh, the cause of Marxists. Because in the end of the day, Marxism has never been about equality. It has always been about control and the eventual implementation of the so-called dictatorship of the proletariat. But you know very well that uh, the um, rulers and the uh, small elite tends to embrace these aspirations because that empowers them and removes the, the freedoms that the average citizen uh, normally has. Uh, what happens in a Marxist regime is that the whole production and the whole system is actually controlled by a very small minority and that's why another another term that's used to describe communism is actually state capitalism rather than having competition and free choices available to the people everything becomes controlled by a small minority of individuals. And certainly the elites like it because they can concentrate more power at the expense of the remaining of the population's freedom. Uh,
0: just before we move on, uh, just to enlarge here, is China a modern illustration of that, Augusto?
2: Well, uh, China undoubtedly is being uh, uh adopting this uh, particular approach because it has created a caste of uh, privileged individuals and certainly uh, as a result of this economic crisis is uh, being able to uh, exercise its power in an even more uh, oppressive and all-encompassing way but we have to be careful to not blame only china for the problems that we face because ultimately, the approach taken to certain uh, measures, those that are saying to certain crises, have to be uh, adopted in, in a manner that is productive to the society as a whole and is certainly um, uh, viable from the economic perspective.
0: Carl in Portland in Victoria thank you so much for your call just before we move on from this idea of capitalism and socialism a gap between rich and poor and oftentimes you'll hear that being reflected on that it's a growing gap Uh, the idea of where Christians might sit in all of that with a biblical Christianity Augusto uh, in between or separated from the idea of socialism certainly as we been talking about but where would the christian stand in relation to capitalism which so many will say is in much need of great reform what are your thoughts here well
2: the the word capitalism actually was created by the socialists themselves i i think in a free market economy it's a very important thing to have a a moral and righteous society it's impossible to have a capitalism in the sense that we have a The freedoms that are so necessary for the development of the economy if people don't behave properly. So certainly the decline of moral standards justify the presence of the state. But on the other hand, the better people can behave individually uh, uh, as as a person towards uh, uh, the community as a whole and especially the uh, family members, we would need less presence of government to fix things. But I believe there is a clear correlation between the need of the presence of government and the decline of moral standards in a society. And capitalism, if you you can use this word, can only really produce the, the benefits of the system if there is clear rules of the game and unfortunately in many ways and in many instances the rule of law and basic rules that and principles that we have uh, as i can say inherited from our own legal tradition they they have been dramatically eroded over the years so without legal certainty we thought the rules being the same for all Without uh, an independent and neutral judiciary, we can never have economic development. We can never have a fair and a just society.
0: Augusto, let's move on. Uh, There are groups that are developing around the world, and we've talked about Black Lives Matter and its Marxist foundations other groups that are involved in the mix, groups like Antifa. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts on some of the tactics that are being employed by various groups and how we might recognize uh, those sorts of Marxist foundations in groups like that that are are developing in different uh, nations.
2: Well, the the, um, analogy here uh, between uh, what they are currently doing in America and in other countries, including Australia, the Antifa, crowd, and what um, the black shirts in Italy under Mussolini in the 30s, and um, Rome, who was the, the head of the S.S.A. the assault troops in Nazi Germany, did, uh, It's the analogy here is a very perfect one, because uh, as you know, uh, and people who know history, uh, the Nazis and the communists were actually political allies. 1930s uh, Germany, Uh, they used to have their um, fights on the streets, but they voted together as a block in the hashtag because they actually are like siblings uh, having a tantrum, a fight. But in many ways they are quite similar ideologically. Another name that can be used for uh, communism is actually international socialism. And the communism, the Nazis were a parliamentary block in um, Weimar Germany. And another thing, uh, the Mussolini, when he created the black shirts, the tactics uh, uh, applied by the black shirts in. 930s Italy, they are very similar as to the tactics that are now applied by this uh, group called Antifa. As a matter of fact, it's very hard to dissociate one from another because their elements are pretty much the same. It's also the idea of creating chaos and use the useful idiots who don't know what they are doing because there are so many people who are so ignorance of history that are being used by these elements who actually know what they are doing, which is basically about bringing down the collapse of society and the advent of a very powerful state that even will be um, called to act as a result of these behaviors. So because the Antifa on the streets caused all this trouble, there will be some people who will be asking the a more present uh, existence or, or uh, the more present uh, uh, activity of the government in order to fix the problems that they themselves have created.
0: Augusto, only minutes remaining. There is a certain appeal uh, in Marxism uh, that is to the people who are at the poorer end of a socio-economic spectrum uh, those who are outcast and uh, we might reflect on uh, the fact that minority groups are, uh, are ones who are uh, most affected here but it's also young people and uh, from my understanding uh, when we talk about you know what's happened in the Soviet Union and uh, you've been reflecting on Italy and uh, the age of young people that Marxism appeals to, I wonder whether you have got any concerns for young Australians who might be jumping into this idea of a Marxist ideology without having any maturity to understand really what it means?
2: Um, I think you are totally right, because at this point, if you support this sort of ideology, you are either completely ignorant of history, or, uh, and that's the worst scenario, you're objectively uh, a bad person, because communism has done terrible things. But one of the things that the government in Australia has done, which is also a terrible thing, is to uh, use this national curriculum as an instrument of um, mis-education, if they can place it like that. Because, unfortunately, the national curriculum says very little about the atrocities committed by the communists. And the fact that you are a minority group, if that is the case, and you are listening to me, I must say to you that you would be better protected under a government that gives you the same rights as anybody else. And of course, if you have a very powerful state, and the state is controlled by a group of people who believe that they have to devince their ideology at any costs whatsoever, you can become the victim. You can become the fatality. Uh, A government that's good enough to do everything you want will also be powerful enough to destroy your life eventually. So we are actually gambling, and gambling very badly here. But certainly the youth is being indoctrinated in such a manner because the national curriculum, as it is established, has nothing good to say about our Christian heritage, promotes a morally relativistic view of the world via multicultural indoctrination, and uh, also celebrates. Uh, socialism and the United Nations as the promoter of our rights and freedoms, which is exactly the very opposite, if you know exactly what has been
0: taking place. Well, and as I'm aware too, there is a new move to review the national curriculum, but uh, what sticks in my mind is uh, conversations with Kevin Donnelly, who was a former Uh, reviewer of the national curriculum about, I think it must be going on uh, 10 years ago, uh, whose reflection was uh, then when he uh, did his review, none of the recommendations were actually taken up. So uh, it's an interesting thing that could happen with the review of the national curriculum. And as you say, it's young people who are going to be influenced by what is being taught in our schools, and it's young people who are particularly attracted to the Marxist elements in our society. Well, we have drawn uh, time-wise to a close. Professor Augusto Zimmerman has been our guest. Uh, Augusto, you did refer to your book and Christian Foundations of the Common Law. You've got a number of different editions there, dealing with the United States and with Great Britain and also with Australia. Uh, Where's the best place for listeners to get a hold of your Australian edition there, uh, Christian Foundations of the Common Law?
2: And Neil, they can visit the website of Cono Court and that will be available for them to um, order the book online. Another thing that they can do if they want to know more about uh, the Marxist uh, discussion that we had is to acquire a copy of my Western Legal Theory, a book that I have published with LexisNexis a couple of years ago. And it's a textbook teaching every single uh, uh, worldview available in the area of law.
0: Okay, Western legal theory and uh, you know this might not be your typical reading but I can say that having read some of Augusto's work uh, very clear and uh, very across the issues of history as well as the reflection on what is happening in the world today there's also a website of the West Australian Legal Theory Association for those who might be interested Walter.net.au w-a-l-t-a.net.au and uh, offers times you'll see uh, there are articles published in Quadrant online, quadrant.org.au. Professor Augusto Zimmerman, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your hearts with us today on 2020.
2: Thank you, Neil. It's a blessing to talk to you and I hope your listeners will have profited from our conversation. Thank you very much.